One glorified God in a loud voice and fell in gratitude at the feet of Jesus. Nine were never heard from again. Every commentary on the Bible and every homily or sermon on this passage I could find condemns the nine and exalts the one. Why? What was the sin of the nine? Their sin was silence when the situation clearly called for action that glorified God and gave public witness to the work of God in their lives. They received from God what they wanted, and then they went back to life, inconvenienced by returning to Jesus and publicly showing Him glory. We look in vain for them to do anything that publicly points to Jesus. Every Bible commentary and every sermon condemns the majority who remained silent. Sometimes the choice to speak or act is perfectly clear. The situation demands it no matter how inconvenient or uncomfortable. Even so, there are those who are never heard from, even when a situation clearly calls for action. Every Bible commentary and every sermon condemns the majority who remained silent. Let's travel back to an election year, 1932. Three candidates ran for president, not of the United States, but of Germany. The incumbent president, Paul von Hindenburg, narrowly defeated opposing candidates Ernst Thälmann and an ambitious 43-year-old named Adolf Hitler. However, the German economy had not recovered in the three years since the Great Depression had hit hard, and the political landscape of Germany was divided, emotional, and uncertain. The country was so divided that a political coalition could not be built or maintained. Compromise and civil discourse were impossible. The people were weary of the political fighting, the relentless stalemates, the rancor and tirades that made up political life. Into the vacuum stepped a strong personality who worked to obtain influence and then power. In January of 1933, less than six months after the election, President Hindenburg named his third chancellor, in six months. The new chancellor, Adolf Hitler, had worked behind the scenes to manipulate the selection process and to broker deals. He convinced a divided and ineffective legislature and nation that powers should be consolidated. The role of chancellor grew strong. In his rise to power and his campaign to gain that power, Hitler's charismatic speeches carefully massaged language and even more deftly avoided clear message of his agenda. The people were exhausted from the constant battles of politics and couldn't be bothered to look behind the rhetoric to learn what Hitler's real plans were. Suppose that Adolf Hitler had sought power and public office by speaking the bold truth of his plans without the nuance of carefully scripted language. 
Suppose he had made his agenda fully known, fully transparent. How would history now judge a legislator who had voted for him? Or a German citizen who had been silent, complacent, and complicit in Hitler's plans if they had heard him say, I do not believe that Jews are human beings. Their lives are not worth our protection, and I promise, if elected, to use public monies, taxpayers' monies, to build gas chambers to exterminate them. Who in their right mind, hearing that promise, would vote for Adolf Hitler to assume public office? Who in their right mind could allow tax dollars to support this agenda? Who in their right mind would vote for someone based on their personality and not their plans for once they gain power? Of course, Hitler's agenda wasn't spoken so overtly. His goals and plans were hidden. That's not uncommon in politics. We see it today. Suppose a Catholic in Hitler's legislature, understanding his agenda, had assembled his or her campaign for re-election on this promise. While I personally believe that Jews are human beings and therefore worthy of protection, I respect those with differing opinions, and I believe that everyone should have the personal right to choose to kill Jews at will. Who in their right mind would cast a vote for such a politician? Who indeed? Every Bible commentary and every sermon condemns the majority who remained silent. This year, you and I have a choice that we do not like. We wish that the presidential election ballot on November 8 had an option that read none of the above. It doesn't, and we must make a choice. For a faithful Catholic, the choice is agonizing. No party platform aligns consistently with the moral and social doctrine of the church. No candidate is a model of virtue and integrity. No campaign assurances outline the the paradigm of biblical morality going forward. The tragedy is that this election may well be determined by the majority of Catholics who refuse to tear open the issues and look behind the rhetoric. They will be led by public media, special interest groups, and water-cooler conversations, not by their reasoned understanding of the issues. This year's political imagination is animated by the candidate's colorful and flagrant personality flaws. That's what gets the attention. That's what grabs the media. Any serious consideration of their differences on critical issues is well hidden. Tragically, many voters will make a decision having been guided by the personalities of the candidates and not how those candidates want to change society once elected. Every Bible commentary and every sermon condemns the majority who remained silent. You and I, 
as we approach this election, should fall on our knees before God, begging for the wisdom to separate the issues from the personalities that obscure them, pleading for the clarity of insight to sort out which issues are truly most important in this election, and imploring God for the courage of conscience to cast a vote based on those critical issues and what the candidates want to do once they have power. Who in their right mind could be silent about the issues, not the personalities that truly cast light on the choices we face next month? Every Bible commentary and every sermon condemns the majority who remained silent. Look past the personalities. Look past the words and topics that are excised from public conversation in the candidates' speeches and ads. Spend time looking at the platform agenda of each party. Look at their goals for when power is theirs. Who in their right mind, knowing what Adolf Hitler had in mind, would have voted for him as he rose to power? Who in their right mind today would vote for someone without looking deeply into what that candidate wants to do when in power? Hitler gained power because of his personality and his speeches. Few looked beyond the public image of the person, and the world paid the price for the ignorance of his real plans. The world will be changed by the actions of the one we elect next month. Learn now how each candidate wants to change the world and ask who in their right mind could vote for that. Will you be the one who is inconvenienced by giving glory to God through your choice or among the nine who couldn't be bothered? Every Bible commentary and every sermon condemns the majority who remained silent.